Kia ora and welcome to this episode of the Kiwi Running Show brought to you by Tempo Fits. As always, your hosts, myself, Hamish Meacham, and this guy. Yeah, Hayden Sherman, sitting here in the Auckland sunshine, which is not, not as warm as it's been. I think autumn's on the way, isn't it? Yeah, no, and this, this sound is me doing up the zip on my jacket because it is it's um still should be it should be the peak of summer but the weather's been a bit uh average it's lately. been a bit rainy eh? yeah far out has it affected your running like your motivation to run how do you go and get it like there's been days where literally it's just been downpours with little gaps to run yeah and you're a routine guy with the family so how does that affect you yeah, well, kind of. Um, I do also have a flexible job, which allows me to be a little bit flexible. But certainly, with a, a kid now, I've got to be a bit more, um, bit more organised when I run. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I've been, I've managed to dodge it pretty well. You say I, you haven't skipped a day with with all of this weather. No, no, I haven't. But I've also been quite lucky. So, um, like, I did two runs at the weekend, which were just sort of more light rain rather than that heavy rain that we had. So, yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, certainly makes it a bit more challenging. Yeah. 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 Exciting. How about, how about your running? How's that going? No. No. The year started well, eh? It did. It did. You must have been looking at Strava. Or maybe, <laughs> I, was, maybe I was talking it up. Yeah. Uh, no, just looked same pattern, work work picks up and it's the first thing to go um and i've made a hard and i made a hard and fast rule when i stopped running at lamar that i would never run in like a torrential downpour or like in adverse conditions i'm just not i'm just not doing that what just to maintain sanity and maintain enjoyment in the sport yeah yeah like if i'm not gonna enjoy a run i find it hard to get out the door and then I fall into these traps of things get busy and so I skip runs and the first few runs back after you've had a a, a layoff even if it's been a week those first few runs suck yeah and so then I've got this dichotomy of I want to get back running but I have this mantra of I'm not going to run if I'm not going to enjoy it (laughs) I've got about three runs ahead of me that I'm not going to enjoy so it's this vicious psychological trap I'm so full of shit excuses. It's uh... yeah. I always say like you get this when you don't run for a while. You get this layer of ice that forms over your your running. Yeah. And you got to break through that ice. And the longer you don't run, the thicker that ice gets, and the uh, harder it is to break through it. I would say it's actually not ice, normal ice. It's actually <laughs> frozen shit. <laughs> That's what it feels like to me. It's just so I I so I'm gonna I'll get out for no I won't. I've got national this weekend coaching all weekend so my first potential run is next week Monday and I'm dreading it it's gonna suck <laughs> I usually try and take it real easy on myself like just I'll try and take a a, a day where I can sneak out and go to a, a nice grassy park or a nice really easy trail no hills where I know there won't be any people because I'm just gonna be sucking wind it's gonna oh god <laughs> I, and look and I just I love the sport so much but I hate it as well it's just <laughs> Uh, Love and hate relationship. Yeah. I'm sure all our, all our listeners can appreciate yeah. that. Oh, well, um, and just to make it worse, my my best mate, uh, Danny, yeah, he's uh, you know he's gone through some cycles, but by and large he's been pretty unfit as well. And it and uh, but right now he's he's on one of his comeback uh, teams, and he's freaking flying like oh, no, he's going real well. And it chafes my nuts. Like, it really, <laughs> like I want to, I want to feel good for him, 
But uh, yeah, just it's it, I hate yeah I hate him. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Are you com- Are you having Strava envy? Yeah, I do. I look. On. I look at these guys. Like I look at my mate Dan. I look at uh, Brad Barrett. No, I was look. We. Uh, I ran in. We ran into yeah. Kieran just before. He's running like 180 k a week. I know. I saw that. He posted like his last few months. Yeah, it's like I just keeps on getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, and he was just skipping down the waterfront. And he looks so good. And I just what a dick. <laughs> I hate that. Like you know, it is like. He weighs about 40 kg, just yeah. like oh, no, he'd look, prancing he's, along. He's looking really good. Yeah. Actually, I'd, I'd, we should grab another interview with him before Christchurch. Cause, yeah. You know, if he holds it together and gets in the right speed work, he should go really well at Christchurch. Like, no, I'm not. you don't see people running that sort of mileage who look as good as... Like, I just saw him for 10 seconds, but he looks bloody crisp. Yeah, he, looks yeah. he doesn't look like he's just run a 100-mile week. Yeah. Anyway, so we uh, we kind of missed last week's uh, episode, yeah. but um, thank you for all those people who noticed that we missed it and got in touch and, yeah, <laughs> and said yeah. we want it back. Are you uh, alive? Yeah. Um, so we are alive, and basically we wanted to make this show awesome, so we uh, we thought we'd skip last week's show and cram everything into this week's show, make it good. extra good. So good we have lots of news to get through today. Uh, we've also got a training talk on how to calm pre-race nerves. But before we do that, um, let's recap all the news that's happened over the last fortnight or so. Well, it's even longer than that because we didn't do a hang of a lot of news while we're at the Auckland Track Challenge. Yeah, no, it was kind of all about the Auckland Track Challenge, like, and that I super enjoyed that show and I listened yeah. uh, back to it. I don't always listen to the shows because I record them, so I kind of feel like I know it. But listen back to that one, I'm like, man, that was a good show. Yeah, that was top notch. I tell you what, I've got I've got a man crush on Brett Robinson. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, man, he looks so good finishing that 5k. Far out. Even though he's he's an Aussie, I've still got a man crush on him. I tell you, and he's a bit of a different type of runner. Like we've got some good 5k guys. The Robertson twins are exceptional. Yeah. Although, look, increasingly looks like they've stepped up to the marathon or about to debut on the marathon. Um, they're quite different runners from Brett Robinson. Like he's yeah. a smaller guy, higher turnover. He actually, when you look at him, he he really uh, he's got the kind of turnover and style of, of, of a 1500 meter type run he reminds me a little bit of willis but a, a oh, yeah, smoother yeah. style so yeah yeah, yeah he just looks so smooth like even when he was getting tired and fatigued and everyone else was getting a bit ragged he just like he oh he's like a better. ferrari like he got better he lifted a little yeah. bit um so yeah it's cool it's cool yeah. i i the interesting thing for me around that is you know he'll be in double periodization he's not peaking so he's in his first period and he's not peaking and he runs that yeah and not to be disparaging but he's actually not going to run a lot quicker than that at Aussie Nationals so to me that says a lot about I don't think they've necessarily got the wrong type of training um, the generalised Australian system he's with Nick Badeau is he? I'm guessing oh, I he assume is. so that's, yeah. I mean, that's the main but the you Melbourne know, crew they often hit their straps quite early and then just hold it yeah. you know so he's not a big believer in the peak Nick Badeau and so yeah, yeah okay. he's yeah he's fit and uh, I think he'll run a couple of ticks faster at Aussie Nationals so yeah, yeah it's cool what, just a slight tangent what, something I love about running is you watch watch these guys like um, you know 
Hamish Carson and Eric Speakman, who are really quality, more 1500 meter runners, but also really quality 5k runners. And then you see a guy like Brett Robinson, who's sort of the next step up, like in, in 5k running at yeah. the moment, anyway. I'm sure Eric and Hamish will, will yeah. get there with the 5k. Yeah. But then you think, man, these guys like Mo Farah and the Africans, who are another step up yeah. altogether. And it's yeah. like. And so, look, there's differences. And yeah. so if you if you spent a couple of weeks with athletes at Hamish's level and then a couple of weeks of uh, with athletes at, at Brett Robinson's level and then a couple of weeks with athletes at Mo Farah's level, you would identify differences at each time. And, you know, yeah. Hamish and, and Eric Speakman, you know, they would admit to a large extent they're still in the development phase. And, you know, Brett Robinson, he's been there, done that. He's passed the development phase. He's, you know, I'm sure he still hopes to get significantly quicker, but he is no longer a developing athlete. He doesn't have massive weaknesses to work on. So he's in yeah. that final, you know, sort of 1% or 2% stage. Yeah. He's yeah. in that, I've, I've got my ticket booked for world champs, and now yeah. I want to get in the, the top 10, if yeah. not more. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just, yeah... I'd love to to be able to actually do that, spend a few weeks at those different camps because, you know, I firmly believe they are at different stages and they'll be doing a lot of the same things but in a a different way. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's cool stuff. Cool. It is. All right, so news. Hit me. Hit you. Well, um, look... Athletics is just consuming my life at the moment. <laughs> uh, we've got the National uh, Track and Field Championships this Friday, Saturday, Sunday in Hamilton. Yep. Uh, check out athletics.org.nz uh, for all the ticketing information on that because you want to get along. But um, a couple of our top athletes popped over to uh, Canberra for a Grand Prix meet over there. And look, the main result was New Zealand's fastest man continues to get faster. Mm. So Joseph Miller has had some well-deserved press lately. And it's well-deserved because he's on great form. So, did you hear about his run at Auckland Champs? Yes, yep, with with wind behind him just yeah. hurtling him along. Yeah, so the it was quite windy, but he ran 10.11 at the Auckland Champs, and which it's the fastest that a New Zealand-born athlete has ever covered the 100-metre distance. So it was windy, so it doesn't count. But he backed up really well and ran a big PB in Canberra, a legal PB of 10.24. Wow, that's so, that's yeah. amazing. He, he's still got more. It's exciting. He's still got a lot more. And he and then the next day came back, had a great 200. Um, oh, wait, can I ask where that puts him in the New Zealand all-time rankings? Any uh, ideas? Third. So it'll yeah. be Chris Donaldson... Oh, Gus Nikisha, Chris Donaldson, and him. Yeah. So, yeah. And I'm not sure what Gus, Gus, Gus and Anita and Keisha uh, ran. I uh, can't yeah, think was of he his best sort time. of 10.1 something? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Chris Donaldson's 10.13. Okay. And so, you know, Chris Donaldson, for that year that he was on top, he was one of the fastest white dudes. And there was this yeah. ongoing discussion of, you know, who's going to be the first white guy to break 10. Chris Donaldson was right in there. In that discussion? Yeah, right? oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it, you know, didn't, didn't quite uh, kick on from there. That was kind of his peak. Yeah. But um, Gus and Keisha was a. Um, Ghanaian-born athlete who came 
as a teenager to the 1990 Commonwealth Games in Auckland and oh, cool. then uh, never went home. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I, did, so I didn't like, know that story, actually. Yeah, no, so he's yeah. just like, I like it here. Um, <laughs> and he's, he, I'm pretty sure he still lives in New Zealand, so, um, yeah. Oh, oh, that'd be an interesting interview. Yeah. Let's track him down. We should. We if anyone's should. got his details, fire them through, because uh, I'd love to yeah, it'd follow be, up. it'd be cool to catch up um, with him. Um, he was... He was a big deal in New Zealand athletics through for a number of years, um, and you know he ran great. Was a Commonwealth Games finalist, um, but yeah, again, kind of we. I don't think he quite kicked on to what he would have wanted to have done in his career. So yeah, yeah, you know, athletics is a funny game because sometimes you can get close and then not kick on like you think you should. And, you know, yeah, you get limited opportunities in this game. So, yeah. So ten point two four was it? 10, yep. Yeah. 10. And then then he did the two hundred later that night. Uh, the next day, so and he, and he ran twenty point six eight, which is also a PB. Wow! So, yeah. and uh, look, it's tough because both of those are actually still off the world championship qualifying mark. So it comes down. He's got nationals this weekend in Hamilton, and then Aussie nationals either a week or two after that. And he's he's so that's it. You know, unless he wants to, you know, remortgage his, his uh, parents' house. I don't know. Uh, that's it. Two chances. So the pressure. Do you think he'll go over to the States or Europe and do uh, that? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's where all the fast races are, obviously. But Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, the, the Canberra race was fast. Yeah. You know, that Japanese guy ran uh, 10 point zero something. Yeah. So, you know, he was third in that 100 metres. So... Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's it's tough. He wants to qualify, um, but uh, I I think if he gets good conditions, uh, he'll get it. He's just going to get faster these next two races. So to me, the only thing that can stop him would be a injury, God forbid, or b um, poor conditions. Yeah, he, I hope he, this weather turns around gives yeah. us a stinking hot uh, Friday night. It'll be for the 100 metres usually yeah. at nationals. Yeah. So stinking hot Friday night and then maybe cool down for. Oh no, the 5Ks are on the same day. Five, yeah, 5Ks <laughs> so, are right after those hundreds. So, yeah. um, but that's fine. Um, yeah. It doesn't need. To, look, it's nice if it is a bit warmer, but um, you just want a slight tailwinds, you know, no crosswinds, no headwinds, so, yeah, Porrit often turns it on for nationals, so, oh, fingers crossed, but the, to be honest, the the forecast isn't looking good, but there's more results, so uh, we'll get, there was a bunch of athletes over in Canberra, so check out yeah. their results, um, and then that's pretty much, well, we'll jump to the States. Um, so we had uh, two athletes competing at the NCAA Indoor Champs. Cool. So Matt Baxter, he popped out that huge indoor 5K. He ran 13.40, was it? Yep, something um, like that. So he ended up finishing uh, 14th at Nationals, so he ran uh, 14.08. Um, so, you know, he'll be... Uh, I'm sure he would have liked to have kicked on and run uh, close to his best again, but it's, it's sounds so, like it's so probably a te- pretty technical race yeah. and came came down to the last uh, 800 metres or so usually, eh? Yeah. And and on those small tracks, it's if you're behind. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, look, I think he's going to do really well over 10k this uh, NCAA outdoor season. You know, I'm guessing he, in the back of his mind, has a World University Games qualifying time in his head. Um, so I think he'll need to run under 29 to get to the World University Games. But that's, I think that's pretty achievable cool. considering what he's done uh, this year. So yeah, uh, and one other athlete, which 
I don't think many people would have heard of, but Tori Owers is a woman's shot putter, and uh, she finished 12th in the NCAA shot put nice. uh, through just over 16 metres. So. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah. that's with the full weight yeah, yeah. woman's shot? Yep, yep, yep. The full, what do they throw? Uh, 5kg, so, yep. So, would that put a second behind Valerie at the moment? I can't think of any uh, others that have been... We do have some pretty good... We've got... Um, a couple of great discus throwers, like yeah. girls who are just off qualifying for world champs and Olympics. Yeah, um, they throw about that fifteen, maybe six. I don't know. Yeah, I don't okay. know off the top of my head because they're discus throwers. So yeah, yeah, yeah it's interesting. Um, mm. I'll do some research. Look, the other, the only other one that really, well, there's some other results which I'll, I'll hand over the handy dandy phone to you to read. But the, um, do you know how to say this? It's in Nelson. There was a. Oh, the Kai Terry Terry. The Kai Terry Terry <laughs> Gold Half Marathon, and it just pops out to me because Phil Costley. Yeah. Uh, evergreen Phil Costley. Yeah, and 118, not not as fast as time, but uh, it's, it's kind of inspirational to see him yeah. still going. And Megan Craig winning the women's race in 130. So, uh, got some other uh, kind of cool results. Do you want to take us through the uh, New Plymouth uh, Marathon and Half Marathon? Yeah, yeah. So, the. Um, the mountain to surf starts somewhere up near the mountain. I think it's uh, around Egmont Village, and then yep. heads downhill. So it's wow! Yeah. Hold that thought. They've actually changed the course. Oh yeah, yeah. So but, which uh, is, a, is it? Some more, uh, more flat or uh, more no? I, I think it's uh, less flats. Yeah. So I don't know why they've done this. I, I didn't do the research, but it's kind of sad. The, so the record Matt Dravitsky ran 2.13 yeah, awesome, back mate. in 2006 or something like that. Yeah, and he's a really good marathoner. Oh, he's a great marathoner, but, but more like a maybe 2.18, 2.20 uh, guy, would you say? Uh, yeah, I, don't, I mean, it's tough to say, but yeah. it's been the home of the fastest che- marathon cheeky, of the year. Cheeky PBs yeah. since way back. And they've changed the course, and it's a bit sad. So the the records actually no longer count. So Gene okay. uh, yeah. and who won the women's race? Uh, oh, let me have a look. Scrolling over. So Louise Kowalewski. Yes. I've probably just so, No, it's name. a familiar so name. She's won quite a few stuff. But, yeah, she ran 306. And, and then, so, yeah, Jean ran one in 2.42. Yeah, so, so those are now the new race records. Oh, okay. Yeah, which is, uh, you know, I feel bad because there's so much history uh, being lost. Like, if you scroll, I think he's fifth in this race, Chris Corney. Yeah. Ran, what did he run? 253. 253. Chris Corney is uh, one of the true characters of New Zealand uh, Harrier running and and marathon running. Um, Bit of a a larrikin and a a heavy beer drinker, but he popped out um, an awesome 229 on this course. Back in, like, he got into pretty much the best shape of his life and ran a 229 there. And the one to do the 229. That's that's why it was great, you know, and there's plenty of people who, who, you know, snuck under 225, who, you know, I loved that we had that on the calendar. I'd I'd often thought about. you know, trying to go there and have a sneaky uh, bash myself when I was faster. But, yeah, so shame, but, uh, you know, still cool results. And uh, did you see the third place in the men's side? 
Oh yeah, Clark Ellis, the yeah. the triathlete. So cool to see him. Yeah, still rocking along. Yeah, um, uh, he's retired, isn't he, from yeah. from elite triathlon? Oh, guessing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm presuming he has. So, yeah. And so that's kind of. Is, is there anything else? Old Ghost Ultra. Yeah, Old Ghost Ultra. Um, so we had the results up yes, just a second ago. So take us through. Yeah. So look, I found this result on the women's side incredibly interesting. So someone we talk about a lot, Mel Aiken. Yeah, who's been on the show before? Uh, she won the race, and she uh, clocked up eight twenty-four. Nice. So that's a long time to be on your feet. Um, how far is the old ghost? Oh, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I you're the be, ultra guy. Yeah, it must be um, like a hundred k. Something. Let's like say hundred k. It's around there. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so she she won. Evergreen Mal Aiken. Guess who she beat. You don't, you tell won. me. Tell Ruby me. Muir. She <laughs> beat Ruby Muir, who is, you know, one of, uh, I think she's basically a professional trail runner, Ruby Muir. Um, she's won Tarawera and, you know, mm-hmm. done great things overseas. So that's that's about as big as an upset gets in the in the trail running Yeah, community. well, Mel Aitken seems to be adjusting pretty well, eh? She did, uh, what was it, at the end of the year, last year, um, the, the, big, the big race down south. Uh, brain, uh, uh, I don't know. Brain, where she, are you? Well, she races like every weekend, so it's hard for me to know what specific race you're talking about. Yeah, she yeah. does. She's well, she won the prolific. Queenstown Marathon, then she went in, on to do. Was it the Kepler, or am I thinking of something yeah, else? Yeah, no, I think she won Kepler. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Uh, we stand to be oh, great. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> let's carry on. Yeah, and on the men's side, uh, Matt Flaherty won in six. Uh, 52, right behind him, Vajan Armstrong, who, yeah, he's a guy I've got a lot of respect for, and races a lot as well all around the world. He was 656. Uh, Andy Good in third, and then uh, Christian Day uh, nice. down in fifth had a pretty solid run. So, yeah, excellent, excellent running at the uh, Old Ghost. Uh, what, what is it called? Old Ghost, Ghost Ultra. Ultra. It's yeah. quite a little tongue twister to get your it get is. your lips around. It's kind of it's a newer event, but um, obviously it's established itself really well. So yeah, uh, you know, I I also know this weekend was the Tararua uh, Mountain Race. Oh yeah, yeah. Which um, yeah. you know, I I haven't been able to find the results for, but you know. It's. I was talking to one of the main volunteers of that event, and she's been involved for a number of years. And I didn't talk to her about this, but it did get me thinking. You know, there's these new events like Old Ghosts that are popping up and doing a really good job of the social media and the marketing and attracting pretty. You know, you look at that uh, results list. Some pretty significant fields, and people are paying a real premium to yeah, enter these yeah. events. And then you've got some more established ones like the Tararua Mountain Race, which they're actually kind of struggling. They're just ticking over. Yeah. You know, they'd love to get more people, and they charge bugger all to yeah, run yeah. the events. Like they're not out to make money out of it. And so it's. I find that really interesting, and it's obviously people are attracted to the quality of the events and are willing to pay for it. Yeah. But, um, you know, I definitely, uh, I know I've harped on about this before, but I encourage people to check out some of these smaller races. Yeah, hunt them out. Um, there's a lot of racing going on, uh, even around Auckland in the last week. I mean, yeah. we had the colour run, yeah. <laughs> which, yeah. of course, you, you were entered in. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was thinking the other day, I wonder if there's anyone who's who's made it their lifelong ambition to be the colour run champion uh, in their region. Yeah, oh, God. Uh, put it on their website. Well, look. Um, 
let's go through this. So I'm just on runningcalendar.co.nz. So I'm going to pick out the bigger races that, that I see. So the Bombay, uh, there's a half marathon in Bombay in Auckland. Uh, Kitty Kitty Doa Marathon. So it's a marathon in Hamilton. And it's, yep. I think that event is going into its second or third year. Uh, the Northburn 100 is this weekend's. Um, Rotorua uh, Walking Festival, which you can run those as well. There's a marathon and a half marathon. Thai Happy Half Marathon doesn't sound very glamorous. That event actually draws a pretty big crowd. It draws people from Wellington down Taupo. Yeah. Uh, they do a good job with I that event. you get a free gumboot with that. Uh, no, but so. there is prize money. Huh? Yeah. So. Uh, and then we run the night in Mount Monganui, which, which is the first time. Yeah, and running. that's that's been pumped, so I'm really interested to see what kind of crowd they get there. Yeah. Yeah. Coatesville Half Marathon yeah. uh, on Sunday. Um, Colour oh, Run. Was that City to Surf in Christchurch? Where did you see that? Oh, yeah. Um, City to Surf. I assume it's yep, Christchurch. Yep. That is Christchurch, I think. Um, you, you mentioned the Colour Run. Gisborne has a Colour Run. Um, Howick has a community run. The Huntley Half Marathon, which is huge, round the Vines in Martinborough, and the, the Honest Ten. In Wellington, so just in one weekend in New Zealand, you know, it's yeah, that's a huge amount of running. The highlight from those got to be Huntley Heart Marathon coming up this Sunday. Yeah, it's a bit of a classic, eh? Like yeah. it's been been around for a long time. It's long been the the one that everyone, um, excuse the pun, hunts out. Yeah, <laughs> uh, well, the, and the timing. It's seven weeks out from Rotorua. Yeah, and eight weeks out from uh, what Hawke's Bay now is, is yeah, mix, and not so. not long out from Christchurch. So it's often mm. it's often the guys who do nationals used to. So you do nationals, then it's a few weeks later. Yeah. Uh, national track and field champs. That is a few weeks later till Huntley. Yeah. Now it's on the same time. So no, I was I was actually just about to say this. It absolutely guts me that Huntley is uh, you know clashing with national track and field champs. And I know yeah. we're only talking about four or five athletes, but they're four or five athletes who would be up at the pointy end of the field. So, in all running about, so as far as the men's race, so 67, 68, yeah. maybe faster. Yeah. Um, yeah, it is a shame, eh? It um, is, it is. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I love that race. I've done that race four or five times and, you yeah. know, had a, had a couple of good cracks at it. Um, yeah, I, I never liked that they moved it from April. Yeah, I, it makes sense from an economic perspective, but running's not all about making money. It's it's about servicing the running community. So yeah, it's tough. I get the arguments the other way, but it does it. it slightly uh, frustrates me that it's the yeah. same weekend as Nationals. So yeah. I think it's often March is a good month for events as well. It's usually good weather apart from last yeah, weekend. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it's, it's usually pretty good. So it's, it's ridiculous how many events they, they pumble through this time of year. Yeah. But yeah, it's cool. Um, so yeah, cool. very, very exciting. Yeah, lo- lots of news. So we're going to take a quick break and come back with training talk. Hey. So training talk is on pre-race nerves, and I've got to say, I've I've had my moments of nerves. I've had the old butterflies, the staying awake at night, the um, arriving at the track, looking at everyone, saying, "Far out!" They all look ridiculously fit, and I feel like I'm about um, 300 kg overweight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all sorts of things go through your mind. All sorts of illogical stuff. Yep. Um, puking. Do you name Have it? You- 
pre-race puked. I haven't pre-race puked. I know some people who have done I've this. I've pre-raced the other end. Oh, yeah. A yeah. lot. The nervous, yeah. the nervous number two. Yeah, the yep. ne- nervous poos. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, for me, I, can't, I find it hard to remember way back to when I first started, but I know that I did suffer from nerves, not as much as some people, but, you know, there was a lot of um, anxiety, particularly when I had to step up to big events or race yeah. faster people because I felt like I should step up my performance. Yeah. Um, but then I purposefully, I focus really hard on just a little bit of disassociation, like not being nervous, and I worked on that and I developed yeah. some strategies for that, which I'll talk about later. But then towards the very end of my career, actually what happened was... Um, yeah, so I didn't get nervous. I just wasn't nervous for races, which my goal was was to put strategies in place so I didn't get nervous because yeah. it was um, it was stressful and yeah. I didn't like it. Um, and then towards the end of my career, you know, there was a couple of times where shit was on the line. Like I'm racing in the states for my school, Lamar, and the coaches have said to me the week before, you know, this is conference. If you don't score some points for us your scholarship isn't here for you next year like yeah for me that's as close to life and death as it got like <laughs> pretty you know, full on. Yeah. i had invested my whole life in going to the states there was no there was no money at home for me to finish my education if my scholarship got cut so it was i had to perform at these races and it was it was freaking serious and i remember uh the an indoor champs one year getting on the start line for the 5,000 metres and feeling nervous and I got those old feelings that I had like when I was a teenager Ah. and this huge smile came across my face and it made me realise nerves are are one of the best things that can happen to you like I was stoked to be nervous again because this, this race actually meant something and my activation just peaked itself perfectly mm. for that event. Had a great run, scored some points, kept my scholarship. But to me, that illustrates I went too far in trying to eliminate my nerves. Yeah. And especially as adults, and we're mostly adults listening to this show. As adults, how many times in your life do you get to feel nervous? Yeah. You know, it's it's first dates and running races. Yeah. So enjoy it. Embrace it. So there are some strategies, which I'm keen to talk about, and you're keen to yeah. talk about some of your strategies. But I guess my overriding feeling is don't automatically associate nerves with being a negative thing. Yes, they make you feel anxious, but, but you know... Um, try to embrace it as being a positive thing, that activation as being a positive thing. Yeah. That can help you. Yeah. Well, I was actually going to pick up on that, and um, I'm glad you mentioned activation, because I was, I was going to use another word, another A word called, called arousal, but that's got <laughs> that's got mixed um, yeah, connotations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we'll, we'll keep with activation as opposed to being anxious, um, yeah. and I think nerves can either lead you to this sort of anxiousness, which is not really helpful. No, well, um, anxiety is activation in a negative context. Yeah. So, you know, and that is something to be avoided. Yeah. So, yeah. Because I'm sure our bodies are wired to send a signal to our brain that we need to be activating more neurons and getting stuff fired up because we're, we're about to do something substantial with our lives. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a really good thing, and it's good to hone it, um, but it's also good to, to channel it in the right ways. And I think it's also good to... Um, 
have that counter to the anxiousness in place. So I guess we can talk about this in, in, uh, as far as our, our strategies goes. Yeah. So um, maybe we should just duck, duck straight into strategies. Yeah, so yeah, what, what's you your number one oh, strategy? Look, my, Hit me. Yeah, my number one, it's my universal strategy is um, worst case scenario acceptance. Yeah. So you, I thought you were about to say weed there for a second. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> no, it does. It calms you right yeah, down. Yeah. Definitely not performance enhancing. Yeah. Uh, though. But okay. No, worst case scenario. Uh, yeah. yeah, so, you know, whatever the event, so, you know, let's just say you're doing your first half marathon um, and, and you're really, really nervous. So I would ask an athlete, you know, well, what's the worst case scenario? And they would say, oh, you know, oh, I'm, you know, I'm finishing last. So, you know, people really put a lot of thought into these worst case scenarios. Yeah. I'm finishing last and I poo myself and I get an injury and I don't finish the race and I can never run again yeah yeah that's really catastrophic worst case you know no one's died um, but you know and so uh, you know I would ask them to think about that and accept that yeah so cool you've done the race you were finishing last and then you pooed yourself and so you didn't finish <laughs> um, so you go home change your pants have a shower or have a shower change your pants um and move on with your life yeah untag your yourself from that photo that ended up on facebook off the poo pants incident but life life is going to go on you're still going to go home to your family you're still going to go to work on monday uh it's just you know that could happen um and that would probably suck but you'd live and just having that conversation accepting that i find that helps so then you know you you accept that something bad might happen there's a lot of the times uh bad things like that are are out of your control um so just accept that they might happen and then move on and and i find for me that's a good strategy uh to take people through and they they move forward into the race with a a little less uh yeah, activation. Cool. Yeah. So for someone doing, uh, I guess there's a few half marathons on this weekend with Coatesville and Huntley. Yeah. Um, so like an everyday runner who's, let's say, trying to break two hours. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Worst case for them could be sort of 205, two, yeah. 210. Well, and that's, that's where it is. The worst case scenario acceptance is about perspective. Yeah. So, you know, um, my uh, one, one of my athletes is racing this weekend. It is his last chance to qualify for world champs. Last chance. He's mm. not going to Aussie champs if he doesn't hit. for this year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if he doesn't hit the time, he ain't going. Yeah. And no, there's no kind of. He hasn't run a qualifying time yet, so it's 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 big. But you know, if he doesn't run the time, he doesn't run the time. It's yeah. fine. I, I can't remember how I what, what the thought in my head was, but it's you know, um, we're not focusing on the time. We're focusing on his his process this week yeah and enjoying this week uh, is you know we've done all of the all of the work we need to do so it's either going to happen or it's not awesome so, yeah no that that's really cool i i love it and processes yeah. versus outcomes yeah. i think is a really good thing to pick yeah. up on like um, if, if you are training to break two hours for a half marathon and you do the an amazing build-up and you make sacrifices and work really hard and your training goes really well and you feel good about it and then on the day 
it's windy and you trip up at the start and your shoelace comes undone and you run, you know, two hours and five seconds, doesn't mean you're a failure. Yeah. You did amazing. Like, that's, that, that your build-up was great. You did everything right. You, you know, don't, you can't, this is, the game we're in is about results, but it's counterproductive to get tied up on, in the results. Yeah. It sounds like a stupid thing to say, but... Absolutely. Yeah. And I find actually, like, the night before a race, having a sit-down looking through your training diary can be really useful. Um, so <laughs> you, let's say you're going for that sub-two-hour, and you look yeah. through and see all the runs that you've done under 5 minutes 40 per K, which is the pace you, you're going to need to run. Yeah. And you can see, okay, I did that run 10k and 5.40 and I remember that run and it, it felt it felt pretty comfortable. Yeah. I was sweating a bit at the end but I reckon I could have carried on for that and channel that confidence that you had back then yeah. into what, what you've got now um, like facing you for the next day so yeah. use that to counter that anxiety. Yeah um, yeah. You, you do have to come up with a counter yeah. to your anxiety because you, in a lot of ways the anxiety people have is not logical but you can counter it with logical stuff Yeah, yeah. so you can't just wish away your anxiety you do need to you know yeah. You do need to find something to counter it. So, yeah. yeah. No, that's Absolutely. good advice. Yeah. And the other thing I'd say to people, like, um, put, like Hamish said, put those processes in place. So let's say breaking two hours for the half marathon, you know that you can run 10K in 540. So yeah. that's one of your first processes. Don't go any faster than that 540 because that will ruin, ruin yeah. your chances. So well, yeah. nail that pacing early on. And, and then, then you can do that. That's yeah. easy. The whole thing then also goes back to goal. Yeah. So, you know, I'm working with an uh, athlete and we're so we're starting now the training for this time next year. Yeah. So a 12 month plan building up for national champs. He wants to run the 1500, I want him to run the 5k, but that's a discussion that we'll have. But, you know, it's not going to be the goal is to run 350. It, it's going to be a 350 B, 352.5, C, 356. You know, so if he doesn't run 350, that's not a fail. Like, you can't just look at things in such black and white terms. It's really good to give yourself, you know, and put that in the half marathon context. So, A, run under two hours. B, um, break my existing PB, which is 204. C, finish the race with a smile on my face. You know, so yeah, yeah. It's all uh, the approach is important. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other thing that I like to do is a bit of distraction. So particularly the night before, um, a movie. A movie um, is huge. Yeah, yeah. especially Even, if it's a good movie that can yeah. Yeah. It, it can swallow you up. I hate those movies where it doesn't really engage you, and you're just thinking about the race or yeah, whatever. Half thinking about it, which is yeah. uh, and it just ends up stuck in the back of your mind. Are you a movie theatre? Have you ever tried that before a race? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, 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 most likely. Yeah. If you live close enough to a movie theatre, it's a great strategy because it puts yeah. you in that really movie theatre's pitch black, obviously. So it really, um, it, it, you're not sleepy during the movie, but often 
I don't know if you find this, but when I get out of the movies, I'm extremely tired just because I've been in that pitch black environment for so long. Yeah. So yeah, it can be a really good strategy the night before a race. If it, if it's close to you, you don't have to drive, you know, 40 minutes to get to the theatre. So. Yeah. And don't go and see something like The Passion where there's a guy getting tortured for two hours and <laughs> you're just like, that's happening to me tomorrow. Yeah. Or don't don't watch Rocky. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or like <laughs> Prefontaine. Like we used to watch uh, the Prefontaine running movies religiously in the States. Really? And you could see the Prefontaine effect if people watched it too close to a big workout or a race. <laughs> they just go out hard oh, at the yeah, start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just ran a 400 PB yeah, yeah. in a mile race. Yeah, and, and <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is in the context of living in America where where all of my American teammates thought they were just a, a Disney sports training montage away from <laughs> being an Olympian. We tend to be more uh, sensible here in New Zealand, but yeah. You've so got... what's, a, what's a good movie then? What, what can we put out there for our ideas? Oh. I actually think a romantic movie is quite Romance. good. Yeah, oh. I'd go. Titanic? I'd, yeah. Oh, I've actually never <laughs> That's watched. That's my race tomorrow. It's going down. <laughs> I've never watched the Titanic. So, look. Never I, let go. Actually, I'll, I'll retract that statement. The best movie to watch would be a comedy. Yeah. So, there is some pretty good scientific research, none of which I can actually quote seriously. But I've read stuff that indicates that watching a comedy movie um, lifts your mood and, and has a really good effect on your general outlook on life. So, cool. I think it's you know great timing to watch a comedy movie the night before uh, an event. Just lighten the mood. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like I'm catching up with Keegan every day this week before Nationals. Cool. As, as a coach, a big part of my job this week is to lighten the mood. We're going to have a lot of jokes, a lot of, a lot of banter at training this week. You know, the, the, all the serious training is done. He thinks this week is really important because he's not gone through these cycles before, doesn't really know what happens in this week. The, the training that we're doing is quite unimportant at yes, this physiologically yeah. nothing's happening there's not apart much apart from no. rest and recovery yeah we're just sharpening up and yeah. you know he's still able to learn some stuff and absorb some stuff this week but it's not much so you know I'm I've switched to being a psychologist this week and we're we're having a we're going to have a great week it's going to be a lot of fun oh. so yeah yeah. The other, um, taking a leaf out of Usain Bolt's book, um, video games. Really? Um, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. I, I mean, I'm not much of a gamer, but it's something that's going to actually actively engage your mind, so you have to be engaged with, with what's going on. Yeah, so you can't think about the race when you're doing, when you're playing a video game. Yeah. Yeah. But also could keep a bit of that sort of competitive alertness going, so you're not feeling like you're totally <laughs> shutting down those, those activation... I I'll, sides of your brain. I'll file this as interesting rather than accepted. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm not. A, I'm not a gamer myself either. No. So I never. Try. I had one semester at uni where I got addicted to Halo and my grades just plummeted. <laughs> uh, so I've stayed away from the computer games since then. So I remember clocking Tetris once oh, back yeah. in the nineties. Yeah. Uh, no, I couldn't get through uh, Alex the Kid on my. Yeah. Um, uh, Sega, Sega Mega, Mega Drive, Mega yeah. Drive Two. So yeah, see, I was more okay. of an Atari guy. I was uh, stuck in the eighties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, 
You could double that uh, with some chicken McNuggets, I think is the way that Usain Bolt used to do it. Chicken nuggets and um, computer games is the secret. And some cool little uh, pre-event rituals, whether it be chicken nuggets and computer games or uh, a romantic movie um, and folding the washing. You know, find something that's going to take you to your happy place. um, And, yeah, I'll go back to my first point. As an adult, we don't get many times to celebrate and embrace uh, nervousness. So, uh, you know, not yep. many of us are going on first dates, probably. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah enjoy it. Um, it. It is something uh, cool to be embraced. Yeah. So. Yeah, as someone wise once said, do something every day that scares you. You might not race every day, but... A big key race once a month, once yeah. every couple of months Let's, is is a very good thing to do as yeah. part of a healthy r- running, training, racing regime. We'll adapt. Let's do something every do something every month that scares you. I think that's more realistic. Yeah, I don't I don't want to go back to the scary stuff every day. That'd be <laughs> yeah. I'm too old for that nonsense. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, happy, happy running, everyone. Happy racing. Stay calm. Carry on, and we'll see you next week on the Kiwi Running Show. Ciao.